We're back. Hey. No, I know you've been spoiled the past couple days by just the golden windpipes of one Ben Ingram and his partner in crime, Joe Simpson. Absolutely. So you've been spoiled the past couple days with some Braves baseball, but we're back holding it down as the Braves have a bye. I always say bye. Off day. <laughs> no, I like the I'm bye always week. stuck in football mode. I like the mode. bye day. Always stuck in football mode here. That's fine. Uh, but Braves have an off day today. They'll be back uh, coming up tomorrow. But we have a lot of important philosophical, existential college football stuff to get into here today. Oh, wow. But before we do that, PJ had an even bigger revelation prior to the show. Which is the fact that Larry the Cable Guy? Oh, okay. Not yeah. actually Southern. Yeah, no. Like I've I've been well aware of this because I know him to be a huge Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. He's got like a his own. There you go. He's, he's got his own like box in the stadium there. Wonder how he feels about Scott Frost. Maybe we'll get him on. Even though they're not in the even though they're in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't watch a lot of Nebraska football. But that so. being said, Mister Gitterden. Yeah. Is not actually from like some shack in mississippi right from nebraska right. yeah and even worse pj as you found out this is like this is like ruining a childhood dream for someone very true find out found out accent not real not real at all he, at called, all. he just played us i feel like something, all of us yeah this is might have might be something i heard like forever ago but forgot but now that i've i've seen it in action and heard it in action i can't I can't not remember it. Like, uh, I watched uh, an interview uh, earlier today where he's sitting there talking. He's like, "Yeah, no, not not actually, not actually my accent. Actually, I just I just pick it up really well." He's like, "I have family in Wisconsin. If I go to Wisconsin, you know, I'll I'll be speaking with a Wisconsin accent for the next oh, month or so." Know. Yeah, and uh, he's like, "Or is that more Minnesota?" That's kind of anywhere around there, really. I mean. The, all of those northern accents are so like intricate, but then again, goal, somewhat, pack, somewhat blended together. Like, for example, I'm just a cheesehead, eh? If yeah, if you try to do a Boston accent but put a little bit too new, too much New York in it, like they'll get so mad. But really, they're pretty similar. But it, anyway, um, only only word I really so, yeah. know how to say in a Bostonian accent is "ca." Back the kind of yeah, that body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've also heard if you say like <clears throat> car keys, yeah, khakis. But, but yeah, so but the way to say it in Boston is say like a pair of khakis. Yeah, khakis. Yeah, go khakis. Khakis. There you go. Pack the car. No, I, yeah, I, I mean my my family. I have family from uh, New Hampshire, so I I have heard plenty of that. Uh, but no, so like yeah, so you might have the most like fascinating accent I've ever heard because you do like you you skew more towards southern. That's I weird. Think, I think that's where most of your, like, later stage development happened, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, middle school and high school. Right. So, I think you skew more Southern. Like, if you went anywhere else in the country, you'd be like, oh, dude's probably from somewhere down South. But every now and then, it's just like you get slapped in the face with something <laughs> from the North, where PJ's just sitting there talking. He's like, yeah, we had a, a really nice uh, family gathering on Thanksgiving, uh, sitting there eating food, but I forgot that I left my phone up in the room, and you're like... What? But, uh, Up in the where? What just happened? Yeah, and he's like, yeah, and then we heard uh, yeah. some thunderstrike, and we thought the roof was going to cave in, and I'm like, what? 
Yeah. Where did that come from? Oh, it's weird. I'm an odd blend, man, for sure. I'm, I'm one of those people that, like, anywhere I go, they're going to say I sound like I'm from the other place. So it's like... Interesting. It's, it's, it's weird. Uh, but, yeah, so apparently, Larry the Cable Guy's dad was, was Southern, had a Southern accent. So we just picked it up. It was just something he, he picked up. Is this like sports teams? Like, Larry, you got to pick one. Right. And stick to it. Yeah. But his normal accent's just... Just out here playing. He's Nebraska. just out here playing people. Uh, that's it. Larry the, the Cable the Guy. Fraud. Total fraud, but fraud. hey. He's got plenty of money, so... Mater fraud. I'm finding out with a lot of people with a lot of that money thing, there's some frauds out there. Yeah, fraud. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that being said, we have important college football stuff uh, to dive into. How much have you been following the Jordan Addison stuff? Off and on. Off and on, you know. Because it's college football has become the NBA, I guess is the best way to put this out here, where the NFL keeps you, like, keeps themselves top of your mind by just constantly having events, right? It's OTAs, so that's kind of like the the start of the football season. Then from OTAs, uh, you go into fall camp. And once they get into the camp, then it's, it's right before preseason. And then you have preseason, you have the Hall of Fame game, and then obviously you have the season. Uh, once the season ends, you have playoffs, which is dominate. Conference championship week is just like euphoria. And then you have the Super Bowl, which you have two weeks with just wall-to-wall coverage leading up to the Super Bowl. Immediately following the Super Bowl, you have excuse me, uh, you have college players getting ready for the NFL Combine. So you're already looking at the next group of players as soon as the Combine ends. Or you would even argue before the Combine ends, you're already looking ahead to the NFL Draft in betwixt all of that you have NFL free agency, so they 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 keep you top of mind, not with drama, just with hey, this is the next step. Like this is our calendar. Here's what's happening. You'll be excited about it because it's the NFL, NBA. It has become, I would argue, in terms of mass following, more about the drama and the players themselves. And I'm not saying any of this is a bad thing. I'm just saying it's reality. It has become more about drama and the players themselves than the actual game itself like what do you think is bigger in terms of coverage wise regular season basketball or player drama and free agency and trades yeah no i think free agency trades all that good stuff i I mean the perfect prime example is what it always is in in the lakers yeah right where it's they're 15 games under 500 10 15 games under 500 yeah no chance of making the playoffs they're still in the headlines. I'd say beyond that, who's been the most discussed player in these playoffs? And now, even though his team is no longer in it. Uh, now, that's, ben Simmons. That's true, yeah. Ben Simmons. I have heard more about Ben Simmons in a couple days on ESPN yeah. than I heard about the entire Atlanta Hawks-Miami Heat series. It's so true. Thankfully, I kind of forgot about that. because. But like, can you imagine yeah. that in the NFL no, where like they're just not talking about, I don't know what, Rams... Uh, Rams, Rams, Tampa Bay, Rams, Bucks. Yeah. Instead, they're talking about, you know, Sam Darnold. Yeah, in I mean, his development or whatever. Yeah, some, yeah. Something along those lines, right? So it's just it's the NBA has become it's entertainment tonight, but professional basketball, right? College football is starting to skew that way, and a lot of it is because of in these leagues, the NBA voluntarily gave power to the players. Right, yep. college football kind of was forced by Congress and just 
an embarrassment at the top of college football and complete lack of leadership was kind of forced to give power to players, right? And obviously it's a different scenario because the NBA players are already being paid, but college football players still are not being paid, but they can now go out and earn their own money. I would say more so the power has been given to players via the transfer portal. And so this is where these conversations start to get very murky and blurred in terms of what conversation are we actually having? Because I think there's really three different things that are going on here. You have the premise of should you pay players, and that's over the top, and that's something that has not been decided yet, right? You have name, image, and likeness, which is the Wild West right now in the early infancy stages of name, image, and likeness, where there is zero regulation and everything's running rampant. And then you have the transfer portal, which is if you're a college football player, you have a one-time uh, get-out-of-university-free card. Yeah. Right? Where you can you can one time, you can leave your school, go to another school, immediately play with zero penalty. And then after that, it becomes a little bit more of a process where you have to go through appeals if you want to immediately play or sit out a year. Right? So there's three different things that we're talking about, but they kind of like like a – like an oil painting, right? They all just kind of start like merging together yeah. into this very big, it's a really good way to put right? it. Right? It's yeah. just very big abstract thing where people look at it and they go, "Ugh, <laughs> I just want football. <laughs> right. I just, I just want to yell, go dogs, war eagle, <laughs> roll tide, right? Like I, I just, I want to watch football and you guys are throwing these just massive things at me and I just want to enjoy the sport. I mean, tell me who's replacing the guy that just got drafted from my team. That's that's what I want to know. But the reality is this is huge and this is what's going to dictate the future. And so the reason I bring up the Jordan Addison thing is I believe it's got a little bit of everything. Maybe not so much the paying of the players, but it's definitely got name, image, and likeness and it has, it has the transfer portal very much involved in it. So for those of you who don't know, Jordan Addison was last year's Bolitnikoff winner for best wide receiver in the country. Uh, was a big reason why Pitt won the ACC, right? Yep. First team not named Clemson to win the ACC, and it seems like 100 years. Yep. Right? So Pitt goes out there, and obviously— I still don't believe yeah. it, actually. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm, are you sure? <laughs> no, it's like, was that a fever dream? But obviously having Kenny Pickett, first-round Pickett quarterback, helped, but— Maybe you could say having Jordan Addison helped Kenny yeah. Pickett become a first-round pick sure. uh, at quarterback. Hold two gloves Pickett over there. But that being said, now there are strong rumors that USC has become the landing spot for Jordan Addison, who put his name in the transfer portal at the very last minute. Because this past Sunday was the cutoff if you wanted to enter your name in the transfer portal and be eligible to play this season. Yeah. Right? And so it didn't come out until Tuesday that he actually had, but prior to that he had put it in there, and then it became official uh, when Pitt, the University of Pittsburgh, actually submitted it. Right. So prior to him being announced, the the holdoff was Pat Narduzzi, the head football coach at Pitt, is reportedly furious at Lincoln Riley and has called him multiple times, saying and accusing him of tampering. Which what does tampering mean? That means unless that player is in the transfer portal. Basically, unless that player has declared himself a college football free agent, another school cannot contact him. Mm -hmm. But the reports are that Addison already has offers in place from Los Angeles-based companies that are multi-million dollar deals if he transfers out 
to USC. So here's where it gets blurry because I am absolutely for I am absolutely for players earning money for name image and likeness. But you have multiple college football executives out on the West Coast right now meeting. You have Greg Sankey uh, in the Pac-12. Commissioner Klykoff are in Washington, D.C. right now meeting with senators to discuss these things, which is there has to be some kind of regulation on this because right now you have basically players that are currently at a school being offered hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes millions of dollars to leave that school and go to another university. I am kind of with, I'll say, quote unquote, the man on this one because there has to be some sort of cutoff. Right. Right. You can't have your starting quarterback and you're in week four of the season and he's being called by another school and say, hey, you transfer out. I got this deal in place for you. Right. right. There's just It's just reality. There has to be some kind of cutoff. And all I keep hearing from fans is if these universities are going to be earning millions upon millions of dollars, which we'll get to that here in a little bit, but if these universities are going to be earning millions and millions of dollars, these players deserve their cut. Completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Right? Completely agree with that. Right? But if you look at any other league in the world, there are anti-tampering rules in place in those leagues. Yeah. And so what the folks on the West Coast are meeting about is enforcing rules that are already there from the NCAA. And they're basically begging the last gasp of the NCAA in terms of college football to actually do something about it. Right. Right. Actually enforce this. If it comes out that USC had contacted Addison prior to him putting his name in the transfer portal and it gets proven that these companies have been in contact with him and contingent on him transferring to USC that he would receive money, I think USC should absolutely be in trouble for that. Now, if it comes out that he had put his name in the transfer portal, submitted his documents, got submitted, and then USC contacted him, fine. Yeah, totally different story. Yeah, yeah fine. He's in the transfer portal. He's a free agent. Mm-hmm. You, he can contact anybody. But another thing, another step that they're taking this to is until a player is signed at a school, this is what a lot of these administrators believe is what could be a remedy for all of this. Until a player is signed at a school, you cannot offer him a name, image, and likeness deal. Now that very much gets into the free market economics where who are you to dictate what deals I have that are not involved with the school, but what they're trying to avoid is basically the pay for play. Yeah. Where a lot of these collectives are now, and there's a lot of them that are doing it the right way and that are represented by attorneys that are trying to keep them from breaking rules that are not currently being enforced, but that are going to start being enforced. Yeah. But there's a lot of them that aren't. Right. And they're basically talking to five stars. Like we have the report of the kid out of California uh, that he had a $2 million deal in place to go to Tennessee. Yeah. Right. That just completely changes it. It's not, it becomes at that point, European soccer. Right. (laughs) Where it's, there's no draft. There's, no sort of formula of acquiring a player outside of how much money can I give you? Yep. Or it becomes what I would consider probably the dirtiest thing in American professional sports, uh, which is how baseball handles its international signings, right? Where it's just goes to the highest bidder. Right. Right. And a lot of times taking advantage of kids who are coming from it's people who are wanting to earn money off of using a kid who's coming from a poor background Leveraging that for them to make some money and taking cuts that you wouldn't see even the dirtiest NFL agents take. Yep. 
right? So right now it's just the Wild West, but we're kind of skewing a lot of different conversations when we talk about it. Obviously, there needs to be some sort of guardrails in place. And I just think not in terms of how much money a player can earn or what a player can earn, but in terms of enticing players to head to a certain school. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and when they're offered right. this, this money. Yeah. yeah, I just I think if the way you have your influx of players in stays the same, which is just recruiting, then you can't have this where you have, hey, I have $10 million set aside for this recruiting class. Go out there and just offer these guys contract after contract after contract because yeah. that is pay-for-play. Yep. That is pay-for-play. Now, some of you may be sitting out there thinking, okay, why don't they just pay the players? We will talk about them when we come back. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but I am going to give you a lot of reasons why it probably is not going to happen and why it hasn't happened yet. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with more on second down right after this. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. So we were talking about everything getting blurry and muddy, and I feel like even last segment as I was trying to discuss it, I was talking over myself, talking about different things and different aspects of it and combining them. So again, the three points we're talking about, name, image, and likeness, which is a player being able to go outside of the university, right, and make money for just being them. Right, mm-hmm. you're you're somebody like a Nicobe Dean or a Jordan Davis or a Paige Becker up with a UConn, right? You can go out because you have millions of followers on Instagram in her case, and make money just for being you, right? That's what name image likeness is supposed to be. Then you have the argument about the transfer portal and whether or not that's ruining college football. That ain't going anywhere. Transfer portal's not going anywhere. Not I can say that there's not yeah. going to be regulations on it. There's not be rules on it. Players basically now have a one-time pass to transfer wherever they want to and with, with within Division One, right? There's still no penalty for going from D1 to D2, right? But you now have a one-time pass. Don't have to sit out a year to transfer wherever you want. Transfer portal ain't going anywhere. I think we can set that aside as a non-issue. Where it becomes an issue is, again, tampering. Yep. Yeah. Right? <laughs> tampering becomes an issue, and that's where name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal sort of meet, and there's that weird kind of murky area where it's, is this player transferring from school X to school Y because they feel like they can make more money at school Y and then better themselves for the NFL and get a higher draft pick, right? Or is it they're transferring because there's already money in place for them to transfer? And that is kind of what the executives inside college football are taking a look at along with is a kid committing to a school because there's already money in place. Yeah. Right? So it's it's interesting, and I think one of the caveats that they're looking at is potentially you can't sign that deal and be eligible until you are signed with that school. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. And I think, and again, if it gets proven that a collective or an organization has gone out and offered to pay this player in return for that player than going to a school. Like, you have Quinn Ewers, who was fully prepared to play another year in high school because he had been offered a million-dollar contract. I forget who the company was, but he was, a, he was out of Texas, had been offered a contract, and was fully prepared to stay and play his senior year of high school. But when the Texas High School Association came out and said, that's against our rules, players aren't allowed to profit off of NIL and be eligible to play in high school football, he said, all right, bet, 
I'm just going to go ahead. And he was already committed to Ohio State, but yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and reclassify for the next, for this current year and go ahead and enroll at Ohio State strictly so I can start earning my money. Right. Right. That one is interesting, but at the same time, he didn't sign with that company to go to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That company was ready to pay him because he's Quinn Ewers. And if you go look at, at any Texas high school football team right now, there's a whole bunch of kids out there with the Quinn Ewers haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. He already had that star power in place. So it's murky, but they're looking at guardrails for name, image, and likeness. But in terms of paying the players, I think, I don't want to say that's where college football is headed next or college sports in general is headed next, but I think that's where the conversation, you're going to hear that heat up more. And I don't want to be the fatalist. I don't want to be the person who says it's not going to happen because I don't think my brain is big enough or any of us to say that this can't happen. Because just yeah. two or three years ago, we didn't think name, image, and likeness was going to be right on the table. Sure. But yeah. one of the reasons I feel like this isn't realistic in terms of paying players, like university X paying players just a salary, right? Yeah. You're, you're earning money to be an employee of the school. Mm-hmm. Only 10%, and this is just of Division One. only 10% of Division One programs turn a profit. That is athletic programs. Yeah. Wild. Right? Yeah. And that, that includes schools like the University of Georgia, LSU, stuff like that. But only 10% turn a profit. Now you're like, well, the coaches are making millions of dollars. That is an expense in terms of the, that department's profit. Mm-hmm. Right? They have to pay the coaches. They have to pay the doctors. They have to pay for the facilities. They have to pay taxes for that, right? They have to pay for food, for nutrition experts, for field maintenance, for stadium maintenance, for workers to work inside of said stadiums, right? So when it all comes down to it, yes, there is money coming in. Yeah. But when you pay everything out, only 10% are earning a profit. Right. And then you have schools like a Georgia, right, who is earning huge amounts of money, and I would, I think people will be surprised when I say huge amounts of money, how little that is, I guess is the best way to put that in a relative <laughs> sense right. is Georgia yeah. ain't like Georgia athletics ain't pulling in a billion dollars a year or anything like that. Right. right. For as right. successful as they are and for as much money as they bring in, they are then respending it and it's on facilities and locker rooms and yeah. uniforms and, and stuff like that. And having Turning the best, right around. Yeah, yeah. Having the best of the best of the best. And so when you look at it, you say, pay the players. I say, okay, well, let's look at it like a business, right? You are directly worth what you can bring a company and then they can profit off of, right? So if your company is consistently losing money every year, you're probably not going to be employed very long. Right. And I think that's what is kind of being missed in this argument. And I understand the greed and I understand that the NCAA and Mark Emmert making $3 million a year, right? It's There's room in there, I think, for maybe a collective reimbursement check that goes out every year to players. But here's where you have to look at that is, does Bryce Young get more than the swimmer who doesn't actually ever swim for Southeast, West, North State? Because they're still a Division One athlete. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's there's still playing a sport. So are you going to say only sports that bring in a profit are the players then going to be employees? Right. 
which even then, I mean, it, it, you just said, you know, of, of all of the programs, of all of the, you know, sports programs yeah. in Division One, there's only 10% that earn a profit in the first place. Yeah, and like about 90% of those are college football teams. Right. About 10% of the remainder are men's basketball teams. And this, is up, as of 2019, was the most recent data that was compiled for all Division One schools. 10% are men's basketball teams, and there's one other team that pulled in a profit. Any any guess? Um, just so basketball, football, like one team, literally one team. No, I mean I know, LSU not baseball. Off the top of my head, really? LSU okay, yeah, baseball. I never because they're putting that, yeah. like thirty thousand in their stadium for every game. <laughs> yeah. Right, and like they, Crazy. yeah, they have a, a rabid fan base following there for LSU baseball. So, okay, yeah, learn so, something new every day. But again, so it's you're looking at it, and you're saying, okay. I want to be paid for being a tennis player. Yeah. If you go over the cost of where you live, how much you're being fed, your your athletic scholarship, right? Uh, your doctors that you have, right? Transportation to and from tournaments, the the courts that you play on, right? Yeah. Like when it comes down to it, tennis programs aren't earning schools money. Mm-hmm. And and. I mean, very few sports programs are doing that. So, yeah, exactly. It's well, you're, you're trying to convince people, yeah. hey, you're already in the red. Yeah. Go more into the red, please, to, to give me money. Now, do I think like That's with all. what would happen with Ben where he got a, what, $40 check for killing NCAA football, like video game? Yeah, no, yeah. very true. Do I think there could be like a redisbursement check that kind of goes out every year where it's, you negotiate a, and this, again, then you're getting into unions and stuff like that, but maybe if the federal government instead mandates the NCAA, when, at the end of the year, when they turn a profit, which, again, the NCAA isn't making, like, when the SEC, you see they're paying $50, $60 million out to their member schools, NCAA is not getting that money. Right. Right? Yeah. NCAA, yeah. their biggest money maker every year is March Madness, mm-hmm. which is now considered both the men's and women's tournament. Right. Right? True. If you want to do something where it's you're sending out a check to every player at the end of the calendar year where it's you had negotiated that the players will receive 40% of the profits from the NCAA profits. Like after everything is paid for, the money that's come in, they will receive 40% of those profits and then you distribute that to every single college sports athlete. I don't even want to hazard a guess about how much, how little that money would be. Yeah, yeah, no, precisely for for each each and so, every single. So the player, questions yeah. you have to ask yourself about paying players are: Are you only going to play pay profitable players? Right. Yep. And at the end of the day, that's that's the if you do it that way, again, that's the only way you'll see a profit that's actually from those players or to those players. So, the, so the real question would be: Are you only paying football and college basketball players? Yeah. Which is. Uh, which is wild. Or yeah. or you do what we're seeing a lot of athletes do, which is gymnastics does not earn college's money. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. Gymnastics does not earn money. Like, does money come in? Yes. I don't want people to mistake that because like, people are spending uh, money on tickets. Uh, they get paid to go to these tournaments, stuff like that. Right. Of course. At the end of the year, I mean, PJ does budgets here for us. At the end of the year, money in versus money out, more money is going out. Yeah. You turn right? around and... and- Use that money on something else. Correct. So, so yeah. 
But gy- gymnasts, for example, right? Are you not collecting a paycheck for going to school Y? Sure, but school Y happens to have one of the more recognizable gymnastics programs in the country, and you're followed by 250,000 people on Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Because you're awesome, maybe you have Olympus in the future. Even if not, you're just really cool, and you're good at social media, mm-hmm. and you're using that platform of being a college athlete at school Y, and you get to the cool pictures when you're at school Y's conference tournament, and you're on the balance beam, heads flicked back, or you're on the rings, right? You're using that platform to further your brand, and now and you can make money off of that. Yep. Right? In a lot of different ways, yeah. For sure. So I, I just, I think that's where the next conversation is going to go into. Well, you just got to pay players, right? You just got to turn them into employees. And the reality is, if you do that, you're going to see a lot of these quote unquote Olympic sports go away yeah. at schools if that gets mandated down because there's just there's they're going to take a harsh look at it and say there's not money for it. And if I have to turn students into empl- or if I have to turn student athletes into employees, yeah, then. I simply can't pay these employees. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're adding another expense and it's just not realistic. And I'm sorry, water polo. Right. It's been a nice run. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Please and leave it, your swim caps at the door. Right. That's tough. It's, now, it's big yeah. conversations. It, it is big conversations, but that's kind of where college athletics is at right now. But in terms of college football, we're really looking at that transfer portal and we're looking at tampering inside of name, image, and likeness. Now, PJ, wrapping up this story here, one other school has come in hot for Jordan Addison. Like, out of left field, and all of a sudden, everyone's going bleep. Yep. Can you hazard a guess as to who that school is? Does it involve the the quarterback I mentioned yesterday? It may. When talking about Jordan Addison? Yeah. Because it is Alabama. Yes. Yeah. Because, you, you know, I saw, saw that post yesterday, and... It's not only well, like... Well, real quick. So Bryce yeah. Young and Jordan Addison were working out exactly, together yeah. in California. Right. And now all of a sudden, their rumors have started that Nick Saban is about to big-time Lincoln Riley. Which, I mean, yeah, that's the biggest big-time you can do. And, and again, it's taking not only... And at this point, it's like, it's not only Pitt's best player left and best wide receiver. It's literally the best wide receiver in the country. Mm-hmm. That was voted on yeah, last year. Yeah, I mean, he has the yeah. award that says so. He's, he's got the award that says so, but <laughs> yeah. I think there's a young man who plays for Ohio State who is probably the best wide receiver in the country. Sure, but, I mean, when you talk about yeah, last year, had the best last year, I'll, I'll put it that yeah. way. Had the best last year. And now Nick Saban saying, wait a minute, hold on, there's this guy. Yeah, yeah, no, bring him here. Bring him here. Get him here. Bryce, go do your thing. And, uh, no, I think this is exactly, if you're – if you're Alabama and you're Nick Saban, this is exactly what you should be doing. Because, uh, as you've said many times, the restrictions were kind of pulled off and the warning was sent. And now we're, we're seeing uh, the replications, uh, the repercussions. repercussions of that warning. So, I think it's a very good possibility. I swear to God, if, if they go from, what, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, and John Mechie, to John Metzie and Jamison Williams, to then both of them going pro, and you have... Jermaine Burton, the kid from Louisville, and Addison. And look in the backfield. Yeah, yeah, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Georgia Tech's best player. 
Eli Ricks, even though we don't know what's happening with him with his legal situation, but Eli Ricks, LSU's best defensive back, all now in Tuscaloosa. It's Nick Saban's world, man. We're all just trying to hang out in it. Yeah, we're all just trying to come in second place in it. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. It's been real philosophical today, PJ. I'm sorry. I got to do it every now and then. There's nothing to be sorry about. Not, not at all. I, I hope you don't mind also in discussions like that and, and, and explanations like that. I just kind of let you go. Let like I, I'm, turn them loose. Because I, I could tell that, dude, there's a lot in there and you're getting, you're breaking it all down. So I'm just like, all right, man, let's do it. It's just, you know, it just, it just, it just sits on the dome and I, this is my therapy session. I've said that multiple times. This is every yeah. day for an hour a day. I just kind of get to brain spew, but I try to do it in an entertaining fashion. No, I thought so. That was and I good. feel like college. I think football, we all learned something. I feel like college football fans are very interested in what's happening, and kind of like what I was talking with Ben Troop about in the break. There is, there has to be some line, right? There has to be some sort of guardrail, because right now, David Hill from ESPN, I thought did a really good job in a piece that he did with Andrea Adelson of kind of putting to words what a lot of fans are feeling which is basically, unless you're a fan of about one of six schools inside college football right now, you kind of feel like your program is built on sand, right? To use mm. the old biblical phrase, right? Yeah. You, you didn't build your program on stone. It's built on sand. You need so that it's sturdy just, foundation. Yeah, it's, so yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's very unsteady to, I guess, give an example, a hypothetical, right? If you're a fan of Michigan State right now, which is a really premier college football program, one that I think at least through the first seven, eight weeks every year should be in the conversation for the postseason. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a realistic place for Michigan State to be every year. Right. Right? Regardless of who the coach is, that's a good football program. Puts out good football players all the time. You can count when you have a Le'Veon Bell come to your school. He's going to be there for three years. And you're going to have some fun while he's there. And you can, as a fan, you can count on that. College football is, by definition, a transient sport. Yeah. Because guys, max are there for five years if they're a redshirt senior, right? True. Most of the time, three, four years is the span you're looking at, guys. And you really only get to watch them play one or two years because either they're sitting behind somebody, right, or they you get a grad transfer in, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a inherently transient sport, but you feel like if you have a guy come in like uh, AJ Green with Georgia, right? You're you're going to watch it for three years. Yeah, he's going to go in the top 10 after three years. He's going he's to leave the program, but still, you know he's going to be there. Now, if you're a Michigan State fan, Le'Veon Bell comes to your school in 2022. Yeah. And he has a great freshman year where he runs for 1,400 yards. You're sitting there thinking, oh, he's gone. Yeah, he could be going to Alabama. Yeah. Or Georgia very easily. Yeah, like he's he's gone. Like they're, I, we're, we're not keeping him. He's going to go somewhere else, and especially if you have a six and six season. Yeah. And I understand people that go out and say, well, that's up to the player. Like, why should the player have to stay? I'm not saying the player should have to. I'm just telling you the reality of what a lot of fans feel right now. Right. Like, if you are at a Sunbelt school and your quarterback comes out as a freshman and throws for 4,000 yards, you're like, well, he's gone. Yeah, either that or or kind of a, a parallel, kind of an opposite. It, 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 you have oh, this guy's a, a five-star or a four-star or something like that. Can't wait to see what he can do on the field. 
He gets on, on the field a couple times, makes some big plays, but there's just not room for him yeah. to stay on the field. And then you're like, great, we didn't use him enough. He's going to be gone. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's. Are you speaking from experience? Uh, to a certain extent. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so I but guess you got a wide again, receiver playing yeah. for Florida now, a running yeah. back playing for LSU. Right. Both of those I kind of understand. I, I feel for Justin Shorter. I think he kind of got um, kind of got ran out by the fans a little too early, yeah. which was a little ridiculous. But I uh, hope him all the best. But no, exactly. I mean, that's that's what you have, right? Like, yeah, but especially like, when you see those rooms start to get yeah. a little bit too full, which I think, I mean, is something that you can understand with yeah. the quarterback rooms. Then again, you kind of... You kind of hope for that, but at the same time, you're oh, like, oh, it is. It's completely changed. We want to at least keep some yeah, of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's completely changed quarterback recruiting because yeah. now if you're a quarterback and you're looking at a room, you're like, well, there's three other five stars there. In other years, you ain't going there. Yeah. Right? Because it's going to take you at least two, three years to get on the field. But now you're like, I can go there, try it out, see where I stand. If this is a school you really want to go to, see where I stand. And if I can tell I'm not going to be playing for the next couple of years, I'm out. So yeah. it's it's yeah. it's put, and that's why I always try to say, College sports isn't the SEC. We we get very caught up in the myopic view, and we have our blinders on because we're just staring at the SEC, and we're like, that's college football. College football is James Madison, right? College football is Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, yep. Fresno State, right? Montana State, the Dakotas, right? College football is so much bigger than one or two conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten, which just monopolize the coverage, right? Yeah. And the reality is... Unless you're a fan of one of the top two or three teams inside of those conferences, you don't know what what ground your program stands on from one day to the next. Right. And it's it's interesting. It's it's gonna change how we view college sports going forward. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, get you ready for three and out next. Second down on ESPN radio is presented to you by the uniform source. PJ. My you, know, man. you know what season it is? Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of them. It's mock draft season, baby. There we go. That is not that a joke. Was... We have our first oh, official no. ESPN mock draft no. for the 2023 season. When is it not mock draft season? Never. I, I was excited about that. I was like, so, like you got NBA playoffs going no. on. You got Stanley Cup playoffs no. going on, man. You got, you know, everything. Like, Get out of here. Yeah. It's mock draft season. Todd McShay. You can even stay in the NFL 20, like you're practicing. 2023 mock draft. Come on, Some surprising man. names on there. I'm not going to give you the full thing because it is on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> and, you know, you got to spend that cheddar if you want to read the ESPN+. Plus stuff. No, nah, that's true. But I'll give you a couple names that are on there. One surprising, one that I agree with. First surprising one, that's a top 10 pick. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. Anthony Richardson. Oh, wow. No, uh, never mind then. Who are you going to say? Okay. There is a surprising one in the top 10. Okay, well, that's a good teaser, so people should go do it. Uh, but that being said. One with uh, some former ties to my favorite team. Oh, here we go. No, they have Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback, as a top 10 pick yeah. in the NFL draft. Kind of like Kevin said, that's got to be a lot of measurables because the dude's built like you create a player in Madden. True. And has a cannon and runs like a 4-4. Need to see that a little I, bit more of that I, on the field, though. But I think in the Billy Napier offense, he's the perfect quarterback for that. I think he's going to have a great year at Florida, even if Florida itself doesn't have a great year. Uh, that being said, the other one that I agree with, Todd McShay has Savannah's own Nolan Smith 
going in the first round of the NFL draft in 2023. Obviously, this is very early, but saying what a lot of Georgia fans know, which is Nolan Smith, uberly talented, has just been in one of the deepest groups inside college football. Mm -hmm. He's had multiple first and second round draft picks in front of him. And last year was the first year where he really got to be the guy. Went from playing 26% of his snaps, according to rivals, to playing 50% of Georgia's defensive snaps last year. And that's probably going to go up in 2022. So Nolan Smith, one of three Bulldogs projected to go in the first round of Todd McShay's early 2023 mock draft. we got three and out coming up next for you right here on ESPN Radio. We'll talk to everyone tomorrow.